Welcome to Blight and Boon. This is episode 8. In this episode Andrew and Dan discuss the current champion balance, and how they would pick their three champion side. Brighton Boon episode 8, um, Mark 2, because the first episode didn't fully record, thanks to Dan. Yep. Breaking it. I'm just too powerful for technology. We've played two games over the past uh, few days, although because of some issues with uh, releasing rules, as far as I can tell from Steamforged, this episode will be out of date about 12 hours after release, in theory, because I think the new rules are going to drop on Friday, and this episode's been called Thursday night. Um, but I think... If we talk about balance of characters a bit... Yeah, we might get some predictions for the new rules. <laughs> Rather than going through our battle reports, maybe we should go through the, the characters a bit. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, or go, or go through highlights of the, what they did in our two games. Sure. So today's game was interesting uh, because, first of all, the game went to turn five. Which is the first time we've ever had a turn five. To the point that when I went turn four, we both assumed I'd won the game. Until I turned it over. <laughs> I thought, no, I'm on four VP. And both of us are shocked. Um we played growth again. Um, I say again, we played growth on Monday for the episode that didn't record. And we thought we'd go back to growth, actually, because growth has been a big ignored by us recently, because, and all scenario. I think and growth, we think it doesn't, it doesn't screw up Rodri. Yeah, Rodri certainly likes growth quite a lot. So today's game was interesting, because we, we actually did counter-picking. So the first player, who was you, yeah, you picked the first champion, and then we alternated, um, picking champions. We didn't do any duplicates, because... We didn't want to do that much proxying. Yeah. Um, so, should we go through the order of picks, first of all? Yeah, and then you can say why you picked them. Um, so you picked Rangosh. I picked Rangosh first, because I simply... Um, I didn't want to pick... The the reason I picked mine, I didn't want to pick Mornblade, because I don't think he's... I don't like him. I don't like him. He's certainly not a good first pick, because uh, I think he's got a hard counter with Lozane. Um, and I didn't want to pick Mate Wraith Marid, because I'm beginning to think, certainly in our very, very mini-meta is that whoever picks Wraith Marid seems to win. <laughs> and I wanted to kind of have to test that bit. Mostly because he's got some crazy shenanigans which makes winning the game... His movement um, play, both in his ability to move around and his ability to move around his opponent, is currently, I think, in our two-man meta, close to game-shattering. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard why you would not pick. Yeah, um, he's extremely strong. Because when it comes down to the skill breakdown of um, so the points breakdown to win a win a, a turn, it does seem to be pretty fifty fifty on kills and flags. I think it comes down to a flag tiebreak essentially, um, and Rathmore is the king of flags. Yeah, he really is. Um, so you picked Rangosh. You picked Rangosh. I picked. You picked Blackjaw. Blackjaw. Um, I thought Blackjaw would be a good pick into. Into Rangosh, he's got Fireball, which is a good ranged attack against Rangosh's followers, who will probably be a bit further back than Rangosh. Because mm-hmm. Rangosh can use his followers as fuel, and I thought if I managed to get some kills first onto followers, it will lower Rangosh's ability to do damage by him killing his followers to get his own dice. Yeah, and then I countered that with Titus, because I wanted to put Titus into somebody who's got a lot of minions. Titus being a fairly good play into Blackjaw, because Titus can kill Blackjaw's minions. Yeah. If he can catch them, 
Yes. In fact, I don't think I actually killed any of that entire game. That no, doesn't lie. I killed loads of the first turn and never, oh. killed, never killed one again. Oh, that's right. First <laughs> turn. So, you picked Blackjaw. Um, I picked then... Uh, I picked Rodri. Yes. Because I think Rodri is a sound choice in growth because he has to move towards the middle of the board and stand there. <laughs> After that, you picked... I picked Sneaky Pete for no good reason than I wanted to. Maybe... This whole picking tactical thing, it's not really my bag. I think Lausanne is very strong into Rodri. Yes. Um, because she can auto-wound him, and then when she wants to, she can use Legendary and can pick him off. And then he can't do anything about it. Um, so, my final choice I took was Shale. Shale. Um, I wanted to have the ability to do Earthquakes. Because you had two Slayers in your um, in your team, I thought Earthquake... So I'm not quite a... Uh, are they, are they called Earthquakes now? What are they called? I think it's Earthquakes East Landslide. Got the Oh, what? Sorry about this, Internet. The card rules change all the time. I have to um, look things up. Can't just say random words and expect you to believe what we say. Just say random words. Banana. Um, earthquake. earthquake. Yeah, I thought the ability of Landslide to do Earthquakes to push around your slayers and to keep them a bit more honest and keep them away from me could be useful. Um, so I want to talk about Shale right now because I think these last couple of editions Steamforge have dropped the ball a bit. With him, it's playtesting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think I think he was too strong, and now I think he's he's disappointing. Um, and I'm going to say he's disappointing mostly because I think he's a bit dull to use more than anything else. He does very little in a turn, and that's a shame. I mean, he's always been a person who supported his golem, and his golem has always been very strong. But currently, the way his skills are designed, in a turn, he can he can do a bit of slowing, and he can do a bit of buffing, and a bit of blight removal. Or the quite short base battle move war. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you'd have a situation with, with Shell, especially in the clash phase, where he doesn't actually do anything. Literally nothing. Because now his golem can actually activate without him. So his golem can now move, he can stab himself, Shell can't make him impale anybody more. So the landslide goes off, does his thing, and Shell's left back planting a flag a turn, going, nice. I mean, I think shapers are very good for planting flags, obviously, because they get two, po- two steps rather than one. And he can stand there and be relatively far behind. But um, yeah, I, I think he doesn't pull his own weight as much. His legendary also, moving objective hexes is very nice. But moving them one hex is powerful. I can see why it's been limited to what it is, but it doesn't seem to do much. Um, especially seeing, I, I assume that the banners go with them. Yeah. Well, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, banner, well, I think banners count as models, so they yeah. won't do. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just. And because banners don't stick around anymore, they're kind of moving them away using hex. That's um, likewise, in, that, in, the, in the game. Being growth, there was a big clash in the middle that resulted in a huge scrum. Um, turn two, no, it was turn three, my mistake, turn three. Um, Rodri wanted to stand forward, planned his banner down, and then ultimate to push away um, Pete and Rangosh in the middle to control the area like he does. But I find currently his legendary ultimate, sorry, my mistake, ultimate, isn't great because. It costs two actions to use. Banners go away at the end of the turn, and planting will cost an action. So his legendary is two actions. And you, you can't compare legendaries to people, because they, uh, sorry, ultimates to, um, to other ultimates, because I assume the characters are balanced as a whole. However, comparing ultimates to ultimates, um, if you look at other people's, they do more. So Wraith Maria gets to move and push people. Um, you get to, Sneaky Pete gets to move and stab somebody. Titus gets to stab twice and move in the middle. Rangosh gets to move and hurt people. Lausanne doesn't. She just gets to kill somebody immediately. But that's that's another thing entirely. Um, I think it'd be better if the ultimate planted a flag for you. I think so, yeah. 
um, and then push stuff. And then you could work in the clash phase. It'd be really powerful. Um, so that's that's um, that's how Audrey chat. Um, who else do we have in the game? So we have, of course, Blackjaw and Titus, uh, both mouth drums. I think both of them did pretty well. I think they pulled their own weight. Um, um, Blackjaw's minions being able to double move and double recruit because they can do the same action more than once a turn mm. is very strong. They're extremely fast. Um, it so means they once they get killed by a, Mel- a Maelstrom character, next turn they run off and uh, someplace else doing something else and I'm getting killed repeatedly. They were just like jamming up objective areas, surrounding my champion on n- numerous sides, surrounding Blackjaw on numerous sides so he couldn't be engaged himself by the champion straight away. Generally getting in the way, Blackjaw can fairly easily get three actions a turn. Basically, if he kills a, um, a, um, a model in a turn, he gets a follow-up, a follow-up in a turn, he gets another action. So ideally, he wants to open with a kick that was next to someone and then do more two more attacks. He doesn't really like armour, um, but against like your um, red bandits that were the followers of yeah. Rangosh, he did pretty handily. He did very him. well. No, I think yeah. he did very well. He didn't do very well against Rangosh himself. Um, but then again, he wouldn't do. But no, Rangosh and Sneaky Pete double team a couple of times. Titus really likes um, going in and, and carving up. I think. Do you think he's, he's more survivable than than um, Blackjaw or not? Ooh, that's Potter, somebody in the internet knows the math better than I do. But um, currently, they've got the same health. Blackjaw's got three defense, two armor, three armor. Versus Titus, two defence and four armour. Um, Titus is better against being hit by minions. Small models, he gets plus one armour, plus one defence. So in that respect, I think you probably want more armour over more defence. I doubt defence three is the tipping point that you care about. Armour four seems to be a real big deal, doesn't it? Oh, I had two turns where Titus put over four attacks into models, into the dwarves, and didn't kill a single one. Your rolling wasn't great. You didn't have some... You had some Peter Pollock on the dice, but certainly armour four and armour five occasionally... For Titus, he should have been killing more dwarfs than he, than he did. He went to dwarfs numerous times yeah. and bounced off of them. That that arguably lost you all the turns. Uh, no, it lost me both turns. Well, certainly uh, it lost me the fourth turn. Yeah, um, which obviously isn't great when the fourth double were in the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think Titus is solid now. Um, I think, yeah. Um, and it's legendary. Once once he's in, in a melee, his legendary is pretty good. Yeah, no, I think it's very good. He gets to... Um, so legendary allows him to basically use an action... Move, then use another action. Move two hexes, move one hex. Move one hex. Move one hex, use another action. So it allows him to sort of chop forward. And then in a good turn, he then moves again and then either crushes a flag or you move first to get into range of minions and you kill four minions. Yeah, it can be really very useful. Get eight steps in that turn. Especially seeing how movement is so expensive in this game, it can be a real big difference that. Um, Rodri is super solid, even though his, his, um, his um, ultimate with Thorke doesn't work. He's still great. He goes down there. He takes that punishment. Armor five, wounds five. Really hard to take out. His sword slash is a accuracy five, seven damage attack, which is yep. not trivial. No. Nope. His shield bash is accuracy seven. Weakens them, pushes them a square away. No damage, but it's really good. Uh, again, because pushing someone a square away means that they might have to spend an action to get to you well, again. With his accuracy five, strength damage seven, he doesn't hit much um, weaker than Rangosh does. No, no. I mean, Rangosh can get up to nine, to be fair. Also, Rangosh has two attacks. In that, in oh, yeah, yeah. Rangosh yeah. is a better slayer, but I'm just saying that as a pinch, Rodri does it as, as a secondary skill pretty well. Yeah, he did, he did very well in that game. Um, who have, I had Sneaky Pete, Sneaky Pete. Um, who I really like, but I, you've got to know well, how to use him. <laughs> we're probably going to end up thinking about the game we played last time around. I don't want to repeat it, even though, of course, we didn't record that episode. It died. So, we played Pete twice. Played him on Monday yeah. and played him today. So, played him... A Twice in a week. Um, I really like Sticky Pete. Yes. He is able to attack and move at the plot phase, which is an absolute premium. 
it means that sometimes we thought that going in the pot face second is better because it means you can react to flags and yeah. stuff. But he can act, go first in the plot phase and he can kill someone very fast. He's indeed. got four movement in the plot phase. Yeah. So certainly in one in both games we've played, he came out of nowhere and started stabbing up either Lawzane or Shale. He has the best coming um. I think the best the best way to negate Lawzane's defence. Yep. Because if he manages to get his um, minions to surround someone which they can do by using sneak well, to one yeah, to move to do move the board and then basically we recruit next to him. And that's B4 anyway in the plot phase. He has a great way of dealing with high defence. His attacks aren't as damaging, but he can attack no, twice per phase. They're not crazy damage. Like, once in each phase. Yeah. And his ultimate allows to leap forward and attack again. Yeah, you're looking like six damage. But he can strengthen himself. And of course, he's attacking the squishy targets because he can have actually eight. Um, also, he can move by placing himself, so he can jump over over hexes that yeah. are occupied. However, what I've discovered is that he is not in any way invulnerable. So after he does his crazy plot move shenanigans, he can't move in the clash phase. So <laughs> it's kind of weird. He went into Shale, and I think he knocked Shale out. But Shale got up and planted a flag behind him, and the flag was only it's two hexes away from him. Two hexes from Pete <laughs> in, open, in an open field, and Pete. We're standing in the cash phase thinking, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you put a flag in front of Pete's feet. It's like, oh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I found it difficult. His, his followers have got a great power that they can make somebody who's next to their flag take a point of damage. Um, however, I never had Pete's flag alive. <laughs> it got crushed immediately, um, which is a shame. Uh, but I think he's good. I like his design space, and I like he's different to the other Slayers. However, he doesn't feel better than the other Slayers. Either. No, I think they all seem... Roughly, it's hard to compare some of them. Like, yes, you know, it's hard to compare Lausanne in some ways because she does it very differently. Although Lausanne's slayer ability is kind of strange because she kind of has less t- less damage turn on turn. I think yeah. Magosh is exposed to damage and can knock someone out in one turn. That if he gets into someone and has to attack someone on them in the um, his jawbreaker being only actually three clash phase, uh, Ragosh suffers from that. Um, Lausanne is probably not going to kill someone easily because. Her Mystic Arrow, even though if she, if she hits with it, it's five draft damage, and then another auto oh, hit five damage. But we need to complain about Mystic Arrow. Because um, we did that. So Mystic Arrow, currently as it is, and again, it could change tomorrow. It could um, change tomorrow, but right now I don't like it. But Lord, Mystic Arrow is an attack that is damage five if it hits. It's only accuracy three. Actually three. I find that with Zane, I never use it. Because actually three is such a risk, even against a dodge two model, and even if it hits a dodge model, Damage five. Well, yeah, that's it. If they've got, if they've only got a defensive two, which you don't have a great chance of hitting, so you don't they're, they're they're gonna have, have to armor, risk it anyway. They're going to have an armor of four or five, which means you're only going to do maybe a one or two points of damage, if that. You got a piercing shot. Actually, five does point damage. Not rolling damage is great. It's not going to kill someone fast, but but then again, Norse Mister Carrot. No, and a damage point here and there means that you can bank towards killing a person in a turn supporting to you, and also so you can do that and scoot away. Yeah. So. She's going to stand around, kiting around the backfield, pinging arrows in, like a sniper that she is. And Now, if Mr. Carrow was two attacks, so you could move an extra two hexes instead of extra one, which scoop, shoot and scoop, that might make it more appealable. But right now, it's it's tough to think, why would you... Also, it's probably worth mentioning Lozane, also mentioning her followers, who are super strong. Oh yeah, she's got one of the best followers in the game. Um, because her followers, not only do they have a, um, a accuracy five, damage five attack, 
range three in the clash phase, or they often get plus one damage to that because anyone's wounded. And can't they strengthen themselves as well? Um, no, they concentrate. No. They can get one more accuracy. They can therapy because Citizen was armed with the turn before. Yeah, that's range two. But in the clash phase, they can go. I'm accuracy six, damage six, three squares away. Yeah, Ow. which is a, <laughs> a champion level attack. Um, so they seem to be strong right there. So I think a lot of the characters. There's a few outliers here and there. But there's a few that seem absolutely useless. I think Shale feels a little frustrating because he he's always been about supporting, but right now I think he feels too. I mean, he might be powerful enough, really but I think he's a bit boring. He's going to of course, still. Um, but the golem activates on his own. Yeah. We haven't discussed Mornbay much, have we? No, because I haven't used him again. We should use him some more. Um, my initial impression, I haven't uh, My initial impression, I didn't like him. Um, and maybe that he should more play to see him. I just. <sighs> it doesn't help that he had a hard count to get Zane. No, no, that doesn't help at all. You could basically um, auto-wound him and take him off. Just auto-kills him. Um, it's the two hex pushback that really gets him. Yeah, it does, because it means even though he doesn't give up many steps for being knocked out, he might have to give up his action to get up again, coming in. So he doesn't, yeah, so he, he can be just... And Lord Zane, um, for one piercing shot, kills him. There's still two steps there. She can spend all game being quite happy with that. <coughs> well, I think if you're doing counter-picks, I don't think you'd pick him against Lord Zane. No. Which means you'd always have to you always have to pick more blade last because fear they pick more Zane. Yeah, um, that's if counter picking's a thing. Yeah, we were assuming that's how you pick a, pick a team. Um, we have no idea. I can imagine it not being a thing. You just rock up with your champion. But then again, if that's true, he's got to have a bit something a bit more special. So if you were if you were going to design like a, a tournament pack, I mean, would you think like having five in a roster, picking three per game, alternate? Um, it's tough because this guy is. A, it's how you want to play this game um, and how serious and competitive you want to tournament. I think five pick three is would be the sensible choice. Um, I would quite like five random three. <laughs> a um, tournament. Yeah, it's your yeah. Why not? You've got to pick the right five to work in a combination. Um, but this is this game. This game is not currently, as far as I'm aware, being designed to play a tournament game. I think it's time to run both, isn't it? Uh, maybe. I'm certainly looking forward to the campaign play a bit more. Yeah, that's going to be pretty, pretty cool. Then you can have uh, Titus around missing more attacks in a turn. Yeah, yeah, but I'll pump all my points into it, making it happen. Go with Titus, go. Um, um, Titus and Wraith Marid show, that'll be fine. Wraith Marid right now, I think, is, certainly the way we play him, is probably the strongest champion in the game. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, in our in, in what we believe, how you play God Tier, um, which is all about getting the extra flag and the extra move and the extra cheeky kill. Well, basically, there. you want to be, you know, one flag more than your opponent, which is an obvious thing to say, but yeah, on flag parity. And he get he can just jump in and crush one and then leap away without much concern. No. And in some scenarios, he could get jump to a hex. It's quite on his own. I think, I think that's his thing. I think he, because he's got the crazy movement shenanigans, which is fine. However... He seems to be able to do it with impunity. His attacks also aren't bad damage, and they'll both, if his attacks give him either a move your opponent or move him. Yeah. So it's not like you can leap in out of the middle of nowhere and then have to survive and risk it. No, it's just also, necessary. He's also, also quite tanky now as well. He's got seven wounds. Why has he got seven wounds? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the fact he's seven wounds. I like dragons. Um, and if I was being mean, I'd say, you know, he's absolutely fine and field him every time. Because <laughs> he's also fun to play. Yeah, he's very good right now. I think the argument is his followers do very little. No, his followers, what they do is they are targets from teleport to. Well, yes, I appreciate that. Which means he's not a champion of followers, he's just a champion. It's true, like, we, d- we barely use their 
tie ability to pull things towards them. We barely use it. What we do with those with, with his followers, we you tend recruit to move, recruit it. one of them because he killed one the turn before. Yeah. And they can then place themselves at numerous different vectors to give him multiple options. Yeah. Every three different points around the scoring zone. Um, and then there's nowhere safe from the flying dragon. It feels like a warp dwarf um, circle from War Machine Hordes, mm. you know, the teleporting stones, the circle stuff. Those are pretty, pretty, um, pretty War Machine Hordes. Teleporting around. He's not really a glass cannon. He's not really a cannon at all. But it's, um, No, he's just like a teleporting brick. And his ultimate allows him to really, really hurt the battlefield. It has to be people who are adjacent to him, so you might not get a perfect area. But you can. You can. I mean, you did in our first game. You managed to our first game, you push nine into an area away. that was surrounded by on five sides by your people. Yeah. And he basically tacking you with the entire board. And I suppose the argument there is, like, oh, if you're playing against Wraith Marid, you don't ever do that. But you can't dictate what a board state's going to be on in turn three. Right now, if I was going to play a tournament with this game, there's not actually been for tournaments yet. I'd take him every single game. Yeah, and me. And I wouldn't feel bad about it either. Because I would enjoy it, and it'd be because he's, he's fun to use. As he well. is fun to use. He's powerful and, and fast. He's not like so. he's, I mean, unkillable. I think I, so when, very hard, very hard to hit when Rangosh lost to. all his movement powers, because um, Rangosh and him seem to be. So fairly, Rangosh lost his free movement. Yes, yeah, rightly a, so. He's have a free movement in both phases, didn't he? Rightly so. Yeah. Um, it felt like the race really went <laughs> skyrocketed above, um, especially when the new the three new models come out. Um, both Warblade and Titus are not fast at all. And Sneaky Pete's only fast once in a phase. <laughs> but he is very slow, um, old old uh, Wraith Marid. If you manage to control his spooshlings. If you manage to control which are really hard to do. They're not particularly hard, uh, easy to hit, are they? They're not particularly easy to hit. You can always just recruit another one. Yeah, they're tricky. So he's good. He's really, really good. So good. Um, I would, it would be a shame to see him nerfed. Could we just try and get Game of Vengeance, maybe? If someone knew while there's two. What? Other people playing? They might beat us. <laughs> I haven't won a game in four games. Um, what we said when we stopped playing at God Tier was you just smashed me for the first few weeks and then I couldn't smash you. And I did that. Uh, that's exactly what's happened. The first few weeks I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get a win at all. When we started playing Guild Ball, it was exactly the same. Was it? Yep. yep. I remember tapping us going to me. Yeah, you did not beat me. And I was like, ah, oh, and I was like, ah, oh, then, then, then you start paying attention to what you're doing. <laughs> okay, is that. Any... I think we're just rambling now. I don't think the internet wants to listen to us randomly. Well,. I'm going to assume That's it. that once again <laughs> the recorder that. didn't record again and also this hasn't been recorded either. <laughs> I'm not recording another one. I well, I am. Am. Yeah, that's fair. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you did. If you did. If it is, in fact, listenable. <laughs> and if it is not funny. listenable and you still hear that, what have you listened to the entire episode? If one man in the forest <laughs> yells, no one hears him. Um, thank you for listening. Um, if you have thoughts that are different to ours... Um, please tell us we're wrong uh, because I'd love some dialogue about God Tier in terms of the power yeah. of champions because it can be really skewing if you have sort of just two people playing against each other and you sort of adapt each other's playstyles and point of view about how power champions are can vary wildly because of that. Hugely, yeah. So maybe you're finding them to be a very different order to us and that'd be really good to hear because our points haven't really changed recently, have they? Uh, no, I know. I think we still think it's all about movement and yeah. flags. Uh, we kill him being a very powerful second, but a second, until you get carried away. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's hope this has actually recorded. Um, say bye, Dan. Bye, Dan.